I also made the case for owning Bitcoin, the quintessence of scarcity premium. Scarcity premium. It's literally the only large tradable asset in the world that has a known fixed maximum supply by its design. The total quantity of Bitcoins cannot exceed 21 million. Bitcoin is the hardest money that has ever been invented. If you don't have my private key, you cannot spend my Bitcoin, period. And this is the power of Bitcoin. It's the first time we figured out how to create true property that you can take possession of with full custodial rights. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to Solo Vert 21 here. And things are moving and going fast. We're going to talk about a little bit about that um, a little bit later, about what's happening here at Talking in Bits. Uh, some of it you might have already seen. Some of it you might have already heard. Uh, but th these are big things that are happening, and I want to um, finish off this solo rip with that. But just a reminder, these solo rips are meant to be small, concise episodes, specifically on the weekend. I got a lot of people telling me, oh, the weekend doesn't work, man. The algorithms don't do this on the weekend, man. I don't care, man. <laughs> I've never made decisions of talking a bit based on what the algorithms say or on clout, on who's going to follow, on who's going to listen. I drop it out there because I enjoy doing this. I enjoy putting all this stuff together. And the people that are really bullish on me and on talking in bits, let me, though, let me know that they enjoy it in return. So I don't care about the algorithm. These episodes are purposely meant to be concise. These, purpose, uh, these episodes are meant to give you ammunition. So when you walk into these conversations, you may have my take and then I give you more ammunition or you may have a rebuttal and therefore you can build the conversation either with me or that other person. That's literally what these episodes are meant to do. So welcome to Solo Rip 21. I appreciate y'all as always. I guess it does, you know, it, it is a good spot for me to remind y'all that this is a specific value for value podcast and the only way we continue to keep these lights on and make the show better is through, you know, donations through podcasting 2.0 apps. There's a gazillion of them up there. I usually leave it in the show notes, uh, but, you know, go check those out. But it's not just necessarily donations, right? It's like if you want to be a part of this show, you can create, you know, new images or co new cover arts, new chapters, new musics, new playlists, new topics, right? And if I talk about those topics, I'll give you a split. So it's actually a way for you to get a job in Bitcoin. Get paid in sats, the ultimate value. Uh, promote the show, share the show, things like that. I'm always willing to give a split. I'm always e open ears to splits. Uh, it's one of my favorite things about value for value. So if you're thinking that this is one of those other ways of just sitting around and saying, oh, well, you know, donations and blah, blah. It is. You want to keep the lights on. You guys fuck with me. I appreciate it. But I also want to empower y'all to be able to make some passive sats on certain episodes or on the whole feed if that impact is important for y'all. So that's just a reminder in the beginning. We're going to talk a little bit about talking bits a little bit later. Uh, but in the sake of keep being, you know, concise here on the weekend, I'm going to go through a few topics here that, you know, this kind of scroll by and I think that are impactful. There's a there's by no means a news reporting show, meaning that like I'm not going to like go through every single thing that has happened in Bitcoin. I just go through the things that really matter to me. Um, don't forget about the main chain episodes. By the time you hear this or I don't know when you hear this, it's going to be Phil Geiger from Unchained Capital. And Phil is one of the better uh, guests that I've had on the show. I love all my guests, but you know some of them come with wisdom that's beyond their scale of expertise. So, so uh, in my opinion, Phil's expertise is in multi-sig custody. It's right. It's in hardware devices and private keys and being able to explain people that. But his wisdom goes outside of that, and how he speaks about Bitcoin and how he speaks about the community and, and what it means to him is very uh, fascinating. So go check out that main chain episode with Phil. It's an incredible one. 
Fun fact, by the time you guys hear this episode, I will be out in Georgia for the Beef Summit. Right with Slim and 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 everything that he's got going on with the beef initiative and going out there, uh, I'm gonna be able to offer my services value for value. Once again, I'm not just a hypocrite that says that. I actually work that way. I'm gonna be bringing all my video and audio stuff out there to the summit in Georgia to be able to uh, help Slim encapsulate a vision on what it is that he's doing because his mission is a big one. His mission is an important one. Um, so I want to go out there and offer my services. I wanted to record this solo rip just to have it in time to publish for you guys on Saturday so you don't have to go the weekend without hearing my soothing and sexy voice. <laughs> nah, I'm kidding, y'all. Just want to make sure the content is consistent. Um, that may cause me to miss out on, on next week's main chain episode, but there's plenty to go back. Just go back, you know, check out the Gigi episode, check out the Eric Kaysen episode, check out uh, so many countless guests that I have. The Fractal Encrypt episode is, a, is an amazing episode. Go check all those out while I get my stuff together, travel back home and be able to figure it out for you. But Let's get into these topics. Shout out to Slim, by the way. Shout out to the Beef Initiative and everything that they got going on. Life changing people's lives and not only of us adults, but the children, the children, the children. Shout out to him and everything he got going on. George is going to be fun. So the one thing that really stuck out to me, and, and, and I don't use Ledger as devices. We all know the history of Ledger with their breaches and their hacks. Um, we all know whatever that they have shitcoin apps on their wallet, blah, blah, blah. All these hardware devices pretty much do the same exact thing. They sign transactions and they generate private keys. So if you're with Ledger, the news here is a lot bigger than what Ledger is, right? And the news is, and I dropped the, sh the link in the show notes, is that Ledger is available at all Best Buys, right? This is an all-time high thing for Bitcoin. You, you're trying to tell me that a dedicated... They're going to call it a cryptocurrency wallet, which I guess technically it is, but they're going to... You can basically walk into a Best Buy, soon a Walmart, soon you know, a Target, soon whatever the hell is near your local area of electronics store, and be able to pick up a hardware wallet. Wow. I never thought about that happening in a long shot. I, I still, I didn't even think that would happen ever because it's so niche, right? It's so niche, whatever you want to call it, um, that I never thought that we would get hardware. Device. So how long is it before I could walk in and get a code card? Maybe a passport, right? Maybe a, a treasure, right? How long before that happens? So it's starting to snowball here. And what this tells me is two things. On the low, it tells me that Ledger's doing big things, whether we like to admit that or not. Because it took some type of communication or some type of connection for them to be able to get into these stores. You can't just walk into one of these conglomerates and say, hey, man, I'm here. Drop this. It goes through meetings. It goes through process. It goes through splits. It goes through a lot of things. And they were able to pull it off and be the first to pull it off. Am I going to go walk in and get a ledger? Probably not. But think about the scope of this, y'all. A, a hardware wallet signing device. Say you, you know, uh, lost or 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 your your hardware device malfunctioned, right? And it broke. And then you had, you know, oh shit, what am I gonna do? I need to go sign this transaction really quick because I need to do blah 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 X Y Z, right? As we learned in Phil's episode, and as I kind of knew, but as you will learn if you listen to that Phil episode. The private keys, your seed words, your twelve to twenty-four words, are not specific to the fucking device. So now. And in due time, you'll be able to say, oh, shit, my device is lost. Oh, shit, my device is broken. Oh, shit, my device is whatever, which right now is somewhat of a waiting game. Now you just have to order a brand new one and know somebody that gives you a brand new one, meaning you would have to trust them, right? That's another layer of that. Um, to then load up your seed words into that, recover that device, and then be able to go out and do whatever transaction you need to sign or just whatever. So now, in theory, in an oh, shit scenario, I can literally just walk into a fucking Best Buy, 
right? And then be able to buy a hardware wallet, load my, do it all in one afternoon, load my, my, my seed phrases in there and be able to like walk out the store and have my seed phrases all set. I do want to caveat this with saying that you should not disregard security for this. And what I mean by that is, is that you still want to be actually sure, sure, sure that this ledger device has never been opened before. That's the whole point of not buying it on Amazon and third parties is that you want to make sure. But if you check, if you make sure those seals are there, those magnetic seals over the USB uh, area and on the box and all that stuff. So make sure you cover your security checkpoints to make sure that nobody in the Best Buy team or nobody along transit was able to like manipulate these devices so they could steal your seed phrases. So I don't want to say never in Bitcoin should security be compromised for convenience. It's just not a thing. That's something you don't want to do ever. So this news to me wasn't drop your guard. This news to me was this could really bail you out in a shitty situation where you need access to a hardware wallet and now you can walk in. And then on top of that is how long before code card? Like I said, how long before Trezor? How long before all these other devices? And that's pretty fucking cool in my opinion. Uh, let me see if this article actually even says like a time frame. Uh, nope. I, I don't have that. I actually probably got the wrong article there, but hold on. Let me see this one here. Nope. I'll get that link for y'all in the show notes, but it should be soon if they're already announcing. And even if it's not soon, the fact that these conversations are even happening to me is basically uh goodwill, right? Like good movement that, you know, Bitcoin is here to stay. Uh, and wallets are going to be more and more common to the average person because now you can walk into a consumer store and pick these things up. Super exciting news. I guess congratulations to Ledger. Yeah, I guess so. Congratulations on being the first of something Um, and bouncing back from really big hacks because it's it's tough to bounce back from a hack as a company and get the trust. But apparently they have the capital and they have the leverage to be able to keep going, even though most of us, especially uh, those considered maxis, will probably say that there's really no place for a Ledger in your stack. I disagree with that. But Really good news here. Uh, next one I got here is uh, insider trading. No surprise. No surprise. Brother, a former Coinbase manager, pleads guilty to insider trading charge. And this is from No Bullshit Bitcoin. Shout out to No Bullshit Bitcoin. I love that they give no bullshit news. <laughs> uh, first insider trading case involving cryptocurrencies. Guys, I mean... If you have to continuously keep hearing bullshit from Coinbase over and over and over again, you're like, it's like having that girlfriend that cheats on you, right? And you're just in denial about it. And you're just like, nah, she loves me. Nah, she's gonna, you know, she's out with her homegirls. Nah, she jumped on a plane and went to California just to kick it with the homegirls. Nah, she'll be back. Oh, no, it's okay. She misses me as much as... You're being lied to, man. How many Coinbase stories have to come out before y'all get your fucking sats off of Coinbase? Oh, Jose, but I don't have them on there on Coinbase. Listen, man, a lot of people have told me that and come to fruition, they still have their sats on Coinbase. They feel like it's this upper echelon trading platform where they need to have Bitcoin there because they want to trade Bitcoin and do whatever you want to do. Get your Bitcoin off of fucking Coinbase. You can leave all that other shit coin in there. That's absolutely fine with me. But this is another just example. Insider trading is just manipulation, just like the stock market does. Somebody who knows something that's about to go down on the business side of things or has an advantage in a trade that's able to pull off that trade to capitalize, usually for them or for their business or for their group, whatever it is that they're doing. And Coinbase is now, according to this uh, um, article here, well, he pled guilty. And I mean, guilty doesn't always mean you're guilty, but he pled guilty already. So something's going on here where... 
Um, there was insider trading involving Coinbase, and this is the Coinbase manager. Uh, so that means I'm kind of speculating here, but that means that in the background, the manager said, sort of like the Pelosi's do, whoop, whoop, hey, uh, this is about to go down, fam. Move this, move that, trade this, trade that. And then the brother was like, oh, fuck yeah, I don't work in the company. So I can do that and nobody will ever catch on to me. Hank, wink, wink, Pelosi's husband. I'm not part of DC. So blah, blah, blah. You guys get it. Uh, it's shitty. It's nasty. It gets people rug pulled. It gets people wrecked, especially the average person, the nine to five person that walks in and puts their money uh, in Coinbase to try to make a little buck, try to make some trading because they've read the latest, uh, you know, Bitcoin gurus book or cryptocurrency gurus book. And now they got to get more ETH or any other bullshit like that. Uh, speaking of ETH, and I'm not going to talk about it here, but I know ETH is going through a merge right now that a lot of people are talking about. Maybe I'll send that over to next week's solo rip. I don't know much about it yet, but that's on purpose. I could give two shits what Ethereum is doing. Uh, and, and to be quite frank, if your bandwidth is limited, you should give two shits what Ethereum is doing. But there is an argument for like we should watch what they're doing or how they're falling on their face so we can avoid the same shit here. I get it. I get it. I'm just letting y'all know that. I, I do know about the merge thing that's happening. I just don't really give a shit about it. Um, get your shit off Coinbase. Get your shit off BlockFi. Get your shit off anything that your favorite guru promotes. Get your shit off anything that's being promoted on, on, a, on one of your favorite podcasts. Uh, Wink Wink McCormick podcast. Anything that's... Get your shit off of that, right? Like, there's a reason those guys get up to where they get. These companies get up to where they get and where they even offer ad money and ad revenue. It's because they're probably no good in the background. You don't hold your keys. Go back to the Phil episode and understand why not only eliminating single point of failure, but eliminating these exchanges is important. Multi-sig up your keys and let's get this shit going, right? Let's get this shit off of exchange. Let's get less people rug pulled so that down the road we can all have fun in our citadels together. That sounds like a great idea, right? But if you got rug pulled, you won't be in the citadel you'll probably be outside the Citadel hoping to get in because you didn't listen to me or you didn't listen to anybody else and you just kept doing Coinbase shit. So, uh, yeah, check that out over there um, or don't check out Coinbase, but I'll leave that link in the article. You guys could dig into that one. Uh, in the show notes, you guys can look into that one. Um, like I said, y'all, I'm getting to the end of this rip. Meant to be concise, meant to be small. Um, I wanted to circle back one more time. So I'll be in Georgia um, this upcoming weekend here, depending on when you listen to this. Um, if you haven't got your, well, I'm not going to give you that call to action because if, by the time you're listening to this, the conference had already started, but you know, make sure you follow slim and make sure you follow Texas slims media company and make sure you follow anything that's happening with the beef initiative, because as somebody who has battled with food for most of his life and as somebody who has battled with weight for most of his life, I am completely at all at what slim is doing. And sort of like Bitcoiners are taking on the central banks, and that's a really big final boss and a big opponent. You know, the food industry is not too small of an opponent, right? Like what Slim and company are doing, what these ranchers are doing, uh, what they're preaching, what they're explaining, it's life-saving not only for the children, the next generation up, but for us that are getting into the later seasons of our lives, right? Because nutrition is a major part of what makes us tick, how we think, how we work, how we contribute. And Slim is going up. Not by himself, but with this initiative is going up against a complete 
food conglomerate, the grocery stores, the the sort of the pharmaceuticals, because it all plays into each other. Um, but the lesson of food needs to be broadcasted out there. A lot of individuals grew up like I did, where it was a McDonald's trip every five minutes, where it was just uh, seed oils left and right, where it was, you know, be unhealthy and then your doctor will attempt to fix it, where it was eat lettuce every fucking day because you needed to be calorie deficit. All these fucking things that have led to us just being destroyed as human beings, destroyed as a civilization and destroyed as a everything, everything. It all stems back to the dollar, 1971, to the dollar breaking down, to the food industry breaking down, to then the interjection of pharmaceuticals into that. I speak about it constantly here because I'm passionate about it. Like I said, I used to weigh over 400 pounds and I've been able to slash my weight all the way down to a little bit under 200 pounds and I'm being transparent because I'm proud of that, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. And I'm a dad, I got kids. I know that every left and right, they want Dairy Queen and they want all these things and they want ice cream and stuff. I know it's difficult, but when you listen to guys like Slim, sort of like on the Bitcoin side of it, when you listen to guys like Parker Lewis, right? You have this understanding, you get this like encapsulated information that speeds up your knowledge, that gets you to a level, to a ground where you can understand that the money is fucked and that the food is fucked. And when you get to that level of understanding, then you're, you're able you know, and, and you're, you're fluent enough to share that message along, but also transform your life and change your life. And at the end of the day, if you get anything from this show, from these podcasts, from these guests, it should be information that changes your life, not my life, not the other person's life, not any of the other listeners, not your favorite guru, not any of that stuff. It should be information that changes your life and your life for the good. That's all I ever want anybody to get out of here. I'm a conduit of information. I try everything myself. So if people, if I'm absorbing information from these smart people and they're advancing my knowledge, well, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring it back here and I'm going to help you advance your knowledge. That's exactly the point of this. This is how word of mouth works and this is how we all transform our lives together. Food is a big piece of that, y'all. It's not just about stacking sets, right? That's the money part of it, y'all. But if we can fix the food, then we fixed our youth. We fixed, you know, the later stages, the later seasons of our lives, which are coming up fast upon us, right? Life moves fast, right? So we need to make sure that we're in the best position to defend the things that we love most. We either defend our families, we defend our community, we defend it all. But we're going to be too futile and we're going to be too weak to do so if our money is fucked and we're dependent on broken money. And if our food is fucked and we're, and we're all you know, malnutritioned and just basically shells of ourselves. That's where they win. Because I promise you, sort of like in that Netflix doc where they don't let their kids, the social experiment, whatever the hell it was, where they don't let their kids touch social media. I bet you these upper ups are not letting their kids eat this garbage ass fucking food. Right. And then they're using that money, but they're using it in a different way. They're using it in a way where it's like invested into more and they're insiders and they do all this bullshit, right? So they even, they, even if their kids are using that money, they're using it differently than we have access to use it. And their food, their kids are not eating this food. They're eating the better food, right? So let's make sure that we're in the position to be able to defend ourselves versus the things that are coming. And Slim talks about that a lot. And, and, and all Bitcoiners talk about it a lot. It's us versus them. Because they fucked us over for so long that they think they could continue to do so. New world order, call it whatever the fuck you want. The game or the buck, whatever you want to say, stops here. We stop that from happening and we stop it now. So my, the whole point of that rant was 
I'm going into Georgia to try to encapsulate more information for not only y'all, but for myself, because some of the smartest, most sovereign people in the business are going to be in the room. And I don't mean, you know, the paid guru that, you know, goes in and does events and talks to, you know, the Joel Osteens of the Bitcoin world or whatever. No, I'm talking about really based, really real, proof of work driven individuals. And I want to be around those people because it improves my life. But ultimately, I could bring that information back to you and then your life transforms. And that's exactly what I want out of this show. Stay tuned for more. Leading into my final part, Talking in Bits rebrand. Talking in Bits rebrand. You guys may have seen it already, right? Icons, new logo, new colors, lighter stuff. Um, you guys might have seen it, right? Like the new way that the, sh- the, the show is set up. Uh, uh, the, the clips are set up and the visuals, right? It's a side-by-side picture and all that. But the whole point is, and when I sat down to, um, I, I don't know if he wants me to dox him, so I won't, but the designer that's helping me out do this, what I basically explained to him is that, you know, when Talking in Bits started, it was very much so Bitcoin, right? And you can see that from the 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 the, the previous logo and, and like the circuitry and like the Bitcoin logo behind the B and all this stuff. It was, we talked about specific Bitcoin stuff, hardware wallets, um, mining, you know, processes, things like that, Bitcoin news. And although I will continue to do that, what I have found over my time and going deeper down the rabbit hole is that Bitcoin is way more than just the asset itself or the coin itself or whatever, you know, adjective you want to use there. Bitcoin is life for me. I've been able to be introduced to so many different people with so many different environments and so many different backgrounds that specialize in so many different things, right? Nutrition, right? I talked to Fractal about psychedelics, right? We talked about, you know, mindset. We talked about, you know, I talked to Zoe about, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, weapons, right? And, 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 and gun control. And basically the rebranding is supposed to spell that Bitcoin is more than just the asset. Bitcoin is life. These conversations are going to take a, a, a whole shape of themselves and they're not going to be built around, you know, the specifics and the technicalities of Bitcoin. And I hope you guys see that from the new logo. I hope you guys see that from the conversations and the guests that are coming on. We're growing, y'all. We're getting better. We're getting we're getting uh, sharper. We're having better conversations. And I'm starting to learn that Bitcoin is so synonymous with so many different facets of life that I want to talk about those things as well. And that's what the the whole rebrand is about. Let me know y'all feedback. Let me know if y'all like it. Let me know if it's, you know, going the right direction, if it's not going the right direction. Um, That doesn't mean that I'm abandoning Bitcoin talk. That doesn't mean any of that. What that basically means is exactly what I just said is, is that this is synonymous with life. Bitcoin is life. Bitcoin is everything. And I want to have a theme, a platform, right, a show that basically encapsulates that and doesn't just worry about the technicalities of Bitcoin specifically. I'll let smarter podcasters, techier people explain that to me, and then I'll explain that to y'all. But what I'm really worried, fascinated with is how Bitcoin has transformed the lives of many people. People I've met, people I haven't met, including myself. That's what the new brand rebranding is about. So I appreciate you guys sticking through with from the very beginning when I was by myself, the first few episodes, when this was just an idea, right? to having Ben on. Shout out to Ben. Ben is an amazing person and having all those episodes and all the stuff that he taught me, not only when it comes to, you know, camera work, but like just being a better conversationalist and and just joining me for that ride, that early ride where I needed him oh so much, right? And then the listeners that continue to support me after that, the departure from Ben. And when I started to do more interviews, 
uh, the, the things that I've tried on this show, the Valley for Valley splits, um, the solo rips, introducing of the solo rips. You guys have been great. I appreciate everything that you guys have followed me through this journey so far, and I hope you like what's to come. Better conversation. If you have a guest you want to see on the show, tag them. Let them know Talking in Bits wants to talk to them because most likely I do want to talk to them and I will have them on the show just to make your listening experience better. I appreciate y'all as always. This is an amazing journey. It sounds like I'm like departing forever. I'm not. I'm just cooking. But this rebrand while working on it reminded me of this. Reminded me on the fact that Bitcoin has changed my life. It has got me connected to y'all, the listeners. It has got me connected to other Bitcoiners. This upcoming weekend in Georgia will be no different. And this is all due to Bitcoin. It has transformed everything. I can't just see this as a monetary property, even the uh, asset, even though it technically is. This is life force, man. This is helping us all be better people. And that's irrelevant of price action. So one more time, I appreciate y'all. That's going to wrap up solo rip number 21. If I missed the next week's episode, it just means I wasn't able to sit down and buckle down and record an episode. But you guys know I'm always going to keep coming back and back and back because I think we're winning, y'all. I think we're making other podcasters step up their game. I think we're teaching them the protocol to help them do that, right? When it comes to the clips level, when it comes to the recording level and the audio level, we here, you, the listener, me, the creator, are making other podcasters bigger than us step up their game because when they see us come by, and I say us because this is a team, this is you and me, this show wouldn't exist without y'all. They're stepping their game up. I can see it slowly. They may not give us the credit for it, but they're doing so, and we need to keep the pressure on, and that's what Talking in Bits is always going to do. I appreciate y'all. Podcasting 2.0 apps, value for value. That's where you can find this. Fountain and Breeze are the two easiest to onboard onto, but there's a ton of them out there. Uh, check out podcastingindex.apps, and you'll have a list of all of them. Find the one that likes you. Support your favorite show. Support Talking and Bits. Bits. If you want to be a part of this show, reach out to me, Talking and Bits on Twitter. Deathbed, e, uh, D-E-F-B-E-D is my handle. That's my personal one. You can find me there too. And we can talk about how to incorporate each of the show and make this better. Uh, Bitcoin TV is where you get this 4K content. Always go to Bitcoin TV. We're trying to elevate those platforms. And if you're not on the Bitcoin standard of media, then rate, share, subscribe on your favorite other legacy platform. And that'll help us get to the top there as well till we eventually nix it and get away from those algorithms. Appreciate y'all. I know I keep saying that, but I really, really humbly appreciate y'all. Till next time. Later.